Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. I am your host, Precious D. And I am your host, Honey Bee. Honey Bee, we have some breaking kaiju news today. Ooh, hit me with it. The Interwebs is reporting that the next movie in the Legendary Films MonsterVerse series has a working title of Son of Kong. What? Yeah. Son of and i am curious to know if he will have albinism like the original son of kong did (laughs) and if he'll do the like weird finger thing (laughs) cut his finger uh now some people are taking this to mean that we won't be seeing godzilla in the next one i believe legendary had a three movie deal with toho and i don't know that they've extended it and i've seen some things on the internet saying toho wants to make some more godzilla movies themselves so don't know if that means that's it for godzilla in the monsterverse but i hope not surely not i don't think so i mean i guess it just comes down to i guess it just comes down to uh what kind of deal they've made now the last time toho made a godzilla movie was in 2016 with shin godzilla but that was concurrent with the monsterverse because i think the american godzilla was 2014 so they can they can still do their own thing at the same time if they yeah if they they care to but that's the kaiju news also i wanted to give a shout out to a couple of our listeners shout out they're not patrons because we don't have a patreon yet (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i just want to give a quick shout out to armando hernandez jr hi jr and hi Another old friend who's a big fan of the show, Lubasha Malenkovic. Thanks for listening, Shout guys. Out. Thanks for listening. Honeybee, today we're talking about King Kong versus Godzilla. Yes, we're here. This is why we're here. We're in it. This is the meat. <laughs> I remember when you first brought this idea to me, and it was all based around this idea. This was all I knew at the time of godzilla and king kong but not even of course this version because it was like a new version that was coming out or whatever Mm -hmm. i'm so so excited for this episode you guys i am so excited to be here we've made it i feel like we've made it we finally made it (laughs) the good stuff right yeah like we did our time we got through like the 30s the fucking (laughs) 50s and here we are king kong versus godzilla so happy to be here Let's do it. This is one of the King Kong and Godzilla movies that I saw as a kid on TV. On, in, on TV? Yeah. Nice. For a long time, the only way most Americans could see a Godzilla movie was on television. They did not Dang. all get theatrical releases. Some of them did. Now, this one, I believe, got a theatrical release when it first came out in 1962, but I wasn't born until 1968. (laughs) A lot of this stuff went straight to TV or got replayed on TV over and over again once it had an initial release. 
course, in those days, there was no home video. So the way you'd see most movies was on some Saturday afternoon TV right. show. <laughs> but this wasn't like released in America anyway, right? Until or the the American version was released a year later, was it? I believe so. So that was the version that I saw was the American version. You couldn't see the Japanese okay. version in America for years until it was released on blue. No, the actually the first Blu-ray I have was the American version. I think it's the Criterion big collection that is, it's like a $200 set, although you can get it for less than that on Amazon. Oh. It's a big Blu-ray set of all of the uh, Showa era movies, Godzilla movies. That's cool. And it includes both the Japanese version and the American version. But then I have a separate Blu-ray that was just the American version. So yeah, I'm pretty nice. sure the the only way to see the Japanese version up until now was that set, which just came out a few years ago. And... Wow. <laughs> I feel so lucky. To be able to watch the <laughs> Japanese version first of yeah. everything, really, because yeah. it's it's always the elite version in my yes. opinion. A lot of these movies, they were not available in the original version here until the past 10 years or so when they started Dang. releasing special edition DVDs. I have a bunch of DVDs and Blu-rays that have both versions on it, but now some of them, it's hard to find the American version if you want to watch it. Like HBO has HBO Max has a whole bunch of these movies on there, but they're all the Japanese version. And if you don't feel like yeah. reading sub, if you don't feel like reading subtitles, you are out of luck. And most of these were distributed in the U.S. by our buddies, American International Pictures. So they would often do a lot of edits, and they would dub them. And in this movie, they did some pretty heavy edits. Oh yeah, oh yeah, they did. Did you get to watch the American version at all? Yes, I did. Okay. Folks, we're not going to do a whole separate episode on that, but we'll just briefly sort of go over what the changes are. There's a good yeah. YouTube video that goes in great detail of what all the changes are, and I'll try to find that and put it in the show notes. Cool. Uh, but basically, they filmed a, a framing sequence with a United Nations newscaster, which is not a thing. <laughs> And he's, you know, he's an American guy and he has a few guests come on his show. And so they intercut this guy who is Michael Keith playing Eric Carter, UN reporter. And he's just in this shitty little studio, never leaves it. And they just cut it. So they don't even bother trying to insert him in the scenes like they did with Raymond Burr. Yeah. <laughs> he is just in a separate location. Yeah, at least the last guy, he was, like, right in the middle of shit. They made it yeah. look like he was in the middle of shit. This guy, they're just, like, sit here at this desk, talk to people on the phone. And they, I think they did a pretty good job of making Raymond Burr look like he was actually there. But, yeah. Oh, totally. They don't bother with this guy. And they cut a lot of the backstory and comedy and just ca yeah, character and interaction. Yeah, that was the worst part. The worst part was the they cut like all the comedy. Yeah. It, this movie is so funny. There's so many good funny parts in it, and they the American version is kind of boring a little bit. Like they, it was just way more serious. Yeah. It felt yeah. like yeah. And Toho does make they don't just make monster movies. They make all kinds of movies, and they made a lot of comedies mm -hmm. at this time. And 
starting with Mothra, took a more comedic approach to the films in general, to the monster movies in general. But yeah, all of that gets cut out. He has a few guests come in. One guy who's a dinosaur expert just shows us a child's dinosaur book. <laughs> there is a some kind of Japanese UN correspondent that he talks to a little bit. He also seems to know things that he shouldn't be able to know. He tells us stuff that I'm like, how did you get that information? Yeah. And they also show us a bit with the communication satellite. That is a shot of the alien satellite stolen from the Mysterians. Mysterians. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which is hilarious. So if you have a choice, watch the Japanese version. Yeah, it is longer, but it is worth it. There was something in the American version that I felt like was stupid but it i kind of felt like it needed like the japanese version needed something like this it was where the you know the guy is like holding the marble and he's like showing the size of godzilla's brain uh -huh. and he's like well this is godzilla's brain and he's like and i thought that was i mean even though it was really stupid uh -huh. and not believable and the, and the, they yeah i don't want to go too far into how i feel about this this <laughs> early on but <laughs> but um yeah, I felt like the things that they did in the Japanese version to make... Uh, it's too early to talk about this. <laughs> let's just, okay. let's just uh, get yeah, he does it. compare. He does show us a comparison to this, a lizard brain versus an ape's brain. Which, yeah, in, in yeah. real life, there is a great difference. So an ape ought, sure. ought to be able to outthink a lizard. But Godzilla is not an ordinary lizard. Is not a fucking yeah. lizard. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. As we mentioned, I think we mentioned it's from 1962. It's in color. It's 98 minutes. The U.S. version is 91 minutes. But then a few years later, there was a Japanese film festival. I saw it described as a sort of summer camp for couch potatoes. <laughs> it was a film festival for kids in Japan. Cute. And they showed it there and they cut it down to 74 minutes so apparently okay. honda or somebody looked at the american version and said oh actually i can cut this part in this part maybe we don't need to see that guy put his shoes on before he goes outside you know maybe i can yeah. make a few yeah, that makes sense. i can make a few cuts especially since we're showing it in this festival with a bunch of other movies maybe shorten it up a little bit nice the director is ashiro honda of course and Akira Ifakubi does the music again. The budget was like six hundred and twenty thousand, and the box office was ten million. Ooh! Both monsters are about a hundred and fifty feet, and the death count is sixty-two. And I've given it a racism factor of three. Oh damn! This is our most racist because, film. Well, the blackface is pretty bad. In this one. It is pretty bad. And the presentation of most of the natives is very, uh, they're kind of primitive and dumb and it's not, it's not great. Definitely not great. So yeah, those are our stats. It stars, uh, Tadeo Takashima as Osamu Sakurai and Yu Fukiji as Kinsaburo Fure and these two guys do a bunch of movies together. We're going to see them again next week in Atragon. But apparently they did a bunch of just straight up comedy movies together. 
as well as both of them appearing. I think this is the first time we've seen them in the Godzilla series, but they'll both appear in more of these movies. It seems like if Toho likes you, they will put you in a bunch of their stuff. Not and not just <laughs> not just Hell their yeah. monster movies. They'll put you in all kinds of things. But these guys are primarily comedians, and they did some com- a bunch of comedies together. Ichiro Arashima plays Mr. Taco. That's Taco with a K. <laughs> which is Japanese for octopus. That comes up later. Oh. And this actor has been nicknamed the Japanese Chaplin. He's the studio guy. He's the um, yeah. producer, director. He's hilarious. And we see a few of our old favorites, like Kenji Sahara. Yay! Yay! Kenji Sahara, shout plays out. Plays Kazu Fujita. And... Of course, he plays the boyfriend. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> Akahiko Harata plays Dr. Shigesawa. Honeybee, did you recognize him this time? <laughs> yes, I did. I even wrote it down <laughs> just so I could be like, okay, I know these people. I finally recognize them. He was them. Shirazawa <laughs> in Godzilla, and now he is Shigazawa. <laughs> <laughs> There's a bunch of other people in it, but those are the main ones that we have seen before and will or will see again, so I wanted to point them out. So, uh, yeah, let's let's get into it. We, we start with very dramatic music and a globe. Oh, that was something else that was very different in the American version was the music. Yeah, I think they replaced it. Completely. None of it was the same. <laughs> in both versions, we start with a, a globe and a narrator, but... The narrator in the Japanese version is talking about how the Earth spins or revolves at a speed of uh, 1,670 kilometers per hour. What would happen to us if it stopped? And then it stops and we see that we're watching a science program, that this is not meant to be planet Earth. It's a globe. It's meant to be a fake Earth. Whereas in the American version... They show it, and is it the Shakespeare quote? Is it, there are more things in heaven and earth, Horatio, than are dreamt of in your philosophy? And then we just cut to the UN guy. And so it seems like in the American version, they're trying to make us think we're actually looking at the earth when it's so clearly a fake earth. Uh, yeah, it looks kind of like, like a clay or something. Yeah. <laughs> Paper mistake. Yeah. yeah, but that's okay. In this version, it's meant to be a fake Earth. They're not trying to trick us. We're watching yeah. a science program. We're watching the Miracle se- Series, <laughs> sponsored by Pacific Pharmaceutical Company. And the presenter on this science program talks about global warming. Yes, I said a little global warming for you here. And t- there's some TV executive guy is bored by the program. This is our Japanese chaplain. And he flips a coin. And he does this throughout the movie where he flips a coin and makes a decision, but it doesn't really seem connected. He doesn't ever say, well, if it's heads, I'll do this and tails, I'll do that. <laughs> he just flips a coin and then acts. It's very Reacts. Weird. Yeah. I don't even think it's like to make a decision because at one point in the movie, he kind of, it's almost like it's like as if the coin knows the answer as if like heads is yes uh-huh. and tells is no or something because he flips the coin and it, he asks the coin a question and then flips it and like i'm like is this a psychic coin why is he 
So we're <laughs> on this yeah. Point. It didn't make any. It didn't make Why any does Koi know what's up? <laughs> yeah. Mr. Taco works for the pharmaceutical company, which is sponsoring the TV program. So there was a time when uh, sponsors were much more closely attached to the, to the TV shows or the, or the radio shows that they sponsored. Like you might have a show called mm -hmm. The Colgate Comedy Hour is the actual name of the show. Oh, yeah. He's very frustrated about the bad ratings this science show is getting. And he wants to do something about it as if it's his problem, as if he's the producer of the show. Rather than just sponsoring a different show, it doesn't seem to work that way back then. He just he needs to come up with something good. Uh, whereas these days, it's, you know, the network makes the show and then a bunch of different people just buy ad time and they're not directly connected to the show. So he starts yelling right. at his employees and complaining about their 5% rating and <laughs> no one cares about science. You guys do some research about what people want. And uh, the phone rings and he does some phone shtick with like different phones and picking up the wrong one and something. And it's the president of the company also complaining about <laughs> he's just yelled at everybody. And then he picks up the phone and he gets yelled at by the president of the company because the show's boring and stupid. <laughs> and then on the show, they talk about a submarine investigating something in the Pacific and cut and, and pans to a photo of the sub, which then dissolves into the actual sub. And now we are in the sea. Yes. And we see Americans in the submarine. There's a couple of guys in suits on this sub. And I don't think it's ever, you know, there's Navy guys in uniforms. And then there's just a couple of business suit guys. And it, it's not ever really made clear to me who the hell they are. But they're detecting warm mm. water and a glowing iceberg. Somebody says it looks like Chalinkov light that you see in nuclear reactors. Mm -hmm. And they call for an emergency dive. And then we cut to a commercial for Passion which is some kind of drug, an energy pill, with a guy frantically drumming, <laughs> which turns out to be a case of Chekhov's drums, because it's going to become important later that this guy knows how to drum. Yeah. He's... <laughs> and the drummer is, is uh, one of our leads, uh, Sakurai, played by uh, Tadeo Takashima. He's supposed to be a cameraman, but he's had to fill in because they sent the wrong, the agency sent the wrong kind of drummer over. They sent a taiko drummer. That's one of those traditional Japanese drums, but they want like a modern trap set drummer for this commercial. Not not a yeah. not a great big drum with inch thick sticks. They want you know modern drum with cymbals and shit. So he's pinch hitting. This was one of the the one of the things that was kind of like not necessary for the movie completely <laughs> but one of my fa i just really loved this scene right and was super sad it wasn't in the american version <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they yeah they cut all this kind of stuff out um and the other guy who's talking to him is uh his comedy partner uh, fukiji playing kinsaburo furi for the ua and the sponsor has ordered him to boost the ratings, and he has an idea. Some doctor has a story about a monster on Faroe Island, and they do a little map work. little map work here, searching for a giant demon god. <laughs> the natives said something about a mammoth evil spirit has awakened. So Taco flips his coin and decides it must be true. He, he's he's skeptical, but the coin tells him 
It's true. It's a great. Koi knows yep. all. It's a great story. <laughs> Viewers will love it. And we can't have a flop. And neither can TTV is uh, the station that they're affiliated with. And their rivals at QTV are running a Seahawk undersea adventure. And it turns out it's it's not laid out clearly, but it appears that Seahawk is the actual submarine that we saw a minute ago. And the rival TV station is going to run a, a show about that. So he tells him to pinch hit for us and go get the doctor. Yeah, so basically King Kong versus Godzilla is all about TV views. <laughs> And yes. getting enough yes. TV views, which is shocking, but yeah, it's true. <laughs> and th- this movie is trying to make some statements about television and capitalism and advertising, and it's sort of kind of lightly satirizing all of that stuff, all of which gets lost mm-hmm. in the American version. So the <laughs> Japanese version is really about something else entirely than the American version of the film. Whereas, like, the original Godzilla was about nuclear war. This one is about mm-hmm. television and advertising and pharmaceuticals. At home, Sakurai notices that his sister is not there. He comes in and for some reason he looks around at the shoes by the door and for some reason he realizes my sister's not here. She must be down the hall at her boyfriend's place. And so he goes, he's in an apartment, they're in an apartment complex. And so just like two doors down is where her boyfriend lives and he goes and knocks and he is annoyed that they're in there. Apparently they've been making out in the back room while she's, she's cooking. Yeah. They've been fooling around. She's cooking dinner, but she's not in the room when he first comes in. And yeah. And when he comes in, he has lipstick on his face. She wanted to have a farewell party for him because he's about to go somewhere. And he shows off this super thread that his company has developed. He's leaving to test it out on some ships. And he shows it off by uh, going over to the balcony and hanging off of it and letting the thread hold him. And it doesn't break. It holds his weight. And he tells us how. Yeah, it's like kind of looks like string, but it's as it's as what does he say? Strong as steel. Uh-huh. And smooth as silk or some, yeah, something like yeah. that. Yeah, so it's some kind of super fiber. Yeah. Some kind of super fiber. He just has a spool of thread of it, but we find out later they're going to make, you know, bigger like ropes and stuff out of it. So he's going to be going to the Solomon Islands. And <laughs> Sakurai is upset that the boyfriend's steak is bigger than his. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, then there, there's an article in the newspaper about the shining iceberg. Yes, and then back to the glowing iceberg we go. Yes, on the submarine. And I'm thinking, how long is it taking them to reach this iceberg? Because there's already, they spotted it. And (laughs) then there's been time for somebody to send a message back to Tokyo and for a newspaper to print a story about the iceberg before they (laughs) actually reach it. And uh, and then they hit it? Yeah. Yeah, they run into the iceberg. At the pharmaceutical company later, they're having a big send-off for the expedition to gather data from uh, Faro Island. The quote-unquote research party, yes. even though it's only the two gentlemen. And the, Yes, and they're dressed in uh, explorers' outfits, and they say that, but we're just a couple of clowns. 
and there and are <laughs> are we overdoing the PR? And then the the sister and a friend stop by and mention it's been five days since her fiance left, and there's been no word of his ship, the Shinasai Maru Two. Mister Taco is upset that they're going away festivities are not getting the press that he wanted. He's invited the press all to come to this thing because the reporters have all left to go cover a bigger story. And he's like, this is a major news story. <laughs> right. What do you mean they're gone for a major news? <laughs> this is a major news story. Yeah. And then we go back to the submarine and the iceberg yep. and the upper deck is damaged. Yes. And the, um, the submarine is, is uh, stuck and the iceberg is cracking and repairs are impossible. The yeah, the escape hatch is damaged. They fire they fire a mayday signal, and the Geiger count is the Geiger counter is rising. And mm-hmm. is this where we see civilian scientists on the submarine? I just wrote civilian scientists on the sub. Water starts pouring <laughs> in. <laughs> Water starts pouring in, and they call for abandoned ship, but they can't because the hatch is jammed. And somebody says, look, and there's fire, and we hear Godzilla roar. And we also hear one person say, Gojira. Yeah. Somebody's finally remembered. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, someone said it. This is where (laughs) these movies start establishing a rather loose continuity, but a continuity nonetheless, in that. This yeah. is meant to be the iceberg that he got stuck in at the end of mm-hmm. Godzilla raids again. Again. Yeah. Yes, I was very excited. <laughs> Somebody on the ship either recognizes the roar or realizes, oh shit, a few years ago Godzilla <laughs> got buried <laughs> in an iceberg and maybe this is the same one. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> I remember but, this iceberg. <laughs> but this is a thing that's different in the in the American version. They just act as if Godzilla's been frozen in this iceberg for millions of years, rather than yeah. just a just a few years. He's coming. He's coming back. Yeah. And yet they all seem to know who Godzilla is. But <laughs> he's been stuck in that iceberg for millions of years. Then we cut to the expedition ship, and Faroe Island has been spotted. Yeah. Here we get some natives who are Japanese actors in blackface. Yeesh. And also the uh the language that they make up is really yes. horrible. It's just so yeah. stupid. It's just real stupid because we can under because it, it's English word. <laughs> right. Go yes. Ahead. Yes. There, well, yeah, there's a few points where they're just <laughs> babbling gibberish, but then a few English words pop out and the english words make everything that they're blabbering about make sense like he's like one guy will say something and then the translator who is in the probably the worst blackface will walk up to the chief it wouldn't make sense though to the original audience the japanese audience watching this movie would probably not understand the english words that they throw in oh that's true (laughs) yeah yeah, but yeah, you're right. But it's just so weird because he will be like, 
he says like hero i don't know it was just really really weird because i felt like it was very like a baby yeah well they, <laughs> I, the words i noticed were wrong wrong place they're like blah 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 gibberish gibberish uh-huh. wrong place wrong place yeah so, so uh yeah but this this raft yeah and then he's like tell him we have permission and the chief goes no good <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> A raft from the ship drops the two guys and their guide, who is also a guy in blackface, off on the island. Mm-hmm. So he's presumably some guy from a nearby place who might speak the language well enough to translate. Yeah. And then they they just the guys in the raft just turn around and go back to the ship as natives are approaching in a hostile fashion. And they're just like, well, good luck. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> and they charge with spears and capture the three guys immediately. And the village has a big fence, not quite as sturdy as the wall from the original King Kong, but it's clearly meant to be that same kind of thing. But it's more of a fence. It's definitely better than the little tiny <laughs> stick fence that we saw. <laughs> In Varen, yes. And uh, there is a some kind of Kong ceremony going on, and there are women turning a mill making juice out of some berries, some fruit. Mm-hmm. You know, like sacrificial women's. Sacrificial women's and shit. The doctor earlier had mentioned the, this fruit, and... That the uh, animals loved it, loved the juice of this fruit, because mm-hmm. this ends up being important. The doctor that they were interviewing, who first told them about this island, so presumably this these berries had something to do with his pharmaceutical research, which mm-hmm. is how he was associated with them to begin with. Uh, but the intruders are brought to the chief, and Como is the guy's name, I believe. And we'll see this actor again in a in a few movies. A few movies from now, I was watching one of them and I was like, oh, that's the guy, but he's not wearing blackface this time. Kono. Senkichi Omura plays Kono. And he translates, tell them we're on a goodwill mission. And this is where the chief says, wrong place, wrong place. And they should leave at once. And they uh, tell him to ask permission to stay. And he offers them a radio as a gift and turns turns it on and there's some static for a minute but then the music comes in really loud and strong and they're getting very good reception out in the middle of nowhere on this little tiny transistor radio and the music comes on really loud though and startles all the natives and then they start handing out cigarettes yes and then they poison them with cigarettes (laughs) yes even the children. Yes, there's a kid wants a cigarette. And they're like, uh, okay, but don't let your mom see. But then the mom takes the Mom's cigarette like, Give me from that. him. And she <laughs> smokes it herself. And then we, this, mo- this mom and this kid become important. But yeah, I'm wondering, they must have encountered some outsiders before because they all seem to know, oh, look, it's cigarettes. As if 
or maybe they they're like, the oh, video. they do cigarettes too. We kind of have something like this. <laughs> uh, they just seem very excited as if, oh, we haven't had those since the last guys came and got killed on the island. So, <laughs> yeah. so they say, okay, you can stay, but the chief won't be responsible if the spirit eats you. Yeah, if the god eats you, like, you're bad. You can stay, but I'm not responsible if you get sacrificed yeah. and eaten alive. Yeah, well, and then here I noticed that they're wearing little armbands that say TTV. But I think I've seen this since in some of the other movies that this might be a thing, that the press wears armbands to distinguish themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, then there's some lightning, and the natives immediately start praying, and they think it's the evil spirit. But Sakurai's just is like, yeah, it's just lightning. And then, but then there's a roar. Yeah, he's like, it's just a thunderstorm. Ha ha ha! They think God is just a thunderstorm. And then it's like, ah! and his friend's like, thunder doesn't roar like that, does it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then we cut to a lion on television, roaring, and the girls are watching in the apartment. Uh, Fumiko. And Tammy. Fumiko is the sister. I don't. Did they actually say her name earlier? I've noticed in yes. some of these movies that a character will be on screen for a long time before anyone actually says their name. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they did. And they often, actually did say her name earlier, though. Her okay. brother says her name when he's looking for her. Oh, right, right, right. And also, the credits often have a full name for this person, but we only ever hear one of their names on screen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so. Maybe the script or something says what their full name is. So Tammy wants to know if she's upset and worried. No. Well, have a sandwich. <laughs> have a worry sandwich. Yeah. You should always eat a sandwich when you're worried, honey. And her friend is very um, upbeat and casual about the whole thing. They're like, oh, are you are you worried that your fiance might be dead? Uh, come on, cheer up. <laughs> cheer up. Have a turkey and Swiss. And on the uh, Shinsai Maru 2, they have been ordered to return because something is going on in the Arctic. Which is a toy boat. (laughs) Yes. And the the fiancé here is Kazu Fujita is Kenji Sahara. Yeah, shout out. And uh, they wanted to keep going, but then the captain captain teases uh, Kenji about... Famico. He's like, I've seen you looking at that picture of that hot little number you got back at home. <laughs> that spicy little number. And then a report comes in over their radio that the Seahawk has vanished. And that's how we know that the submarine is this is the Seahawk that they talked about earlier. Right. Yeah. And that an American ambulance has been sent out. And American rescue planes are searching and helicopters mm-hmm. are searching. Also toys. Yes. <laughs> they spot some yellow dye markers in the water around the iceberg, which I guess is the the SOS signal or the, the distress signal they sent. They yeah. just released some dye markers. I guess that's what subs do. Mm-hmm. And then the iceberg cracks open and at 26 minutes and 17 seconds, Gojira appears and roars. Gojira! Release the tiny toy tanks. Yes. It escalates really quickly here. Yep. (laughs) Toy tanks and guns. And somewhere, fire as Godzilla approaches the Yes, we got toy tanks. We've got a tiny toy town. We have fire breath. We got tail whips. Serving you Gojira glowing (laughs) spikes, baby. 
<laughs> yeah, he he melts some of the toys with his atomic breath. Uh, does all of that ooh, stuff ooh, 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 and ooh, destroys ooh, a base. And then the headlines say, Godzilla awakes again and wreaks havoc. Mankind is threatened again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we cut to the defense agency and the reporter is asking Akahiko Harata as Dr. Shigisawa some questions. And he says that Godzilla wasn't dead. He was just in hibernation. He was just taking a little snooze, taking a little lizard snooze. It happens. Gives us some so-called facts to support this, that uh, 200-year-old frog was found in New Mexico and a 3,000-year-old lotus seed was found that then bared fruit. So therefore, it shouldn't be a big deal that Godzilla just slept for a few years. <laughs> uh, it was about 10 years probably between this and Godzilla raids again? Yeah, I guess so. And they want to know, will he come here? And he's like, yep. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Return is more accurate. Uh, his homing instinct will lead him back here. And then we see more headlines. Uh, I didn't write them down, but I think they're just about, Godzilla's going to come here and we're all fucked. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Godzilla returns. Mr. Taco is mad that Godzilla is getting all the covers of the magazines and stuff and the headlines in the newspapers. And somebody says, yeah, and he has a movie, too. <laughs> there's a movie. There's, somebody <laughs> says there's Gojira Yaki in the restaurants, which Yaki's a type of food. It's a style of cooking rather than a specific dish. So I think it's a little bit like saying barbecue. Barbecue re- refers to a whole type of cooking, not just one specific thing. Right. And he wants to, he's like, where is my evil spirit? Send a telegram (laughs) to find. Send a telegram to the dudes. (laughs) Yep. With the demon god. And on Faroe Island, the guys are exploring. And uh, Furi tells Sakurai he heard about Gojira on the chief's radio. So that's pretty convenient. The batteries have not given out yet. And he was able to hear in his report. (laughs) (laughs) We're lucky that we're here. And they explore and explore and explore, and then there's lightning that startles everyone, and Fury has an encounter with a lizard. Which he just swings around his head like a helicopter. (laughs) And then uh, Sakurai shoots it and wakes up Kong? Yeah. Because there's a rock slide and some lightning, and they run, and it's at night, and there's more lightning and praying, and... Uh, Fure is in bed with a fever and wants to go home. And Sakurai is excited. Yeah, he's like, I don't want to be your partner anymore. Yeah. Kono, the translator, sends the kid, Chikiro, the kid that we saw earlier with cigarettes, to get yeah. some of the red juice because that will help Fure sleep. The sleepy juice. And the kid runs to the juice hut <laughs> where they store all of the big, big bats of juice that they've made. And then we see his mom out looking for him. Now, I want to say something about the mom. Okay. Possibly inappropriate. I don't. Not sure. Okay. okay. The, the mother is one of the Japanese actresses in blackface, and she's wearing a wig with sort of an Afro wig mm-hmm. to make her look like a native. Mm-hmm. And as inappropriate as it is, it looks good on her. Oh my god. She she wears it well. I'm just okay. saying. I think she still looks attractive in this stupid makeup and this ridiculous wig. She pulls it off pretty well, as well as anybody can pull off blackface. Well, I mean it's not 
it's not like a minstrel show blackface. It's not a complete yeah. caricature. It's just she's she's Japanese. She's not African. Yeah. Anyway, I just like, hey, she looks she looks pretty good. She looks great in that grass skirt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then but as she's out looking for her son, a giant octopus approaches. Yeah. And also it sounds like his name I know this isn't his name, but it sounds like his name is Skittle. It sounds like she's calling him and she's like, Skittle! <laughs> and I don't know what his name actually is, but I'm going to call him Skittle because I think that's really cute. <laughs> okay. And yeah. this uh, giant octopus is play being played by an actual octopus. Yeah, it looks great. And also, if you are into ASMR, it is <laughs> juicy and it sounds very juicy. <laughs> And we cannot say that no octopuses were harmed in the making of this film. Yeah, we definitely Because can. I read whether or not he was actually harmed in the filming. He is flung around, but Honda killed and ate that octopus after they were done with it. Oh! They, they cooked well, that fucker up. They cooked it up. They celebrated. They were like, yeah. cheers, that was a great take. <laughs> But the kid drops the juice, and mom finds him, and she's mad, and the octopus wrecks the hut that they're in, the the juice hut, and everyone runs out to see what's up. Somebody says something about taco. There's a little who's on first bit here, where... (laughs) Where... Where Sakurai and uh, Fure have some confusion. So Fure says... Uh, what's going on? And Sakura tells him Taco, and he's like, "Mr. Taco's here," and and the subtitles actually puts octopus in parentheses after Taco, so that we will get the joke that all the Japanese speakers would would get. <laughs> That's nice. Yeah, like here's a pun that does not work in your language, but let's explain it. The natives <laughs> throw a bunch of spears. Sakurai shoots his white rifle. The octopus grabs and throws one of the natives, but he's okay. (laughs) And they throw torches. So it seems, I don't know that anybody ever actually explicitly says this, but the doctor had mentioned that animals are attracted to the juice. So it seems like the octopus is specifically attacking the juice hut because it smelled it Mm -hmm. and wants wants the juice. He wants that scissor, that sleepy juice. And the the mom and the kid are still alive in the hut, but they escape. Oh, and I wrote taco is also slang for stupid. So I guess calling oh. somebody calling somebody an octopus is would be like calling someone a donkey or a or a jackass or something in Okay, okay. In English, I guess. And then at uh 37 minutes and 31 seconds, we finally see Kong and then somebody yells out that it's King Kong. Mm-hmm. So in this universe, maybe Kong's attack back in 33 also happened and they all know who he is, I guess. Well, I it, think, yeah, I mean, I think that these these natives, these are that this is their their giant god or whatever. Right, but I'm saying the, the, the Japanese guys, I think one of them says it's King Kong. 
Oh, as if they, as if they, oh, that we, this spirit that we've been investigating, it turns out it's King Kong, that thing that everybody knows about. Oh, I see what you're saying. So, yeah. So in this world, I guess back in the thirties, King Kong attacked New York. And so when Mm -hmm. you see a giant ape, you go, oh, it's King Kong. I meant to mention this earlier. At the time this movie came out, King Kong was actually more popular in Japan than Godzilla was. So there must oh, there was really? numerous there were numerous re-releases of King Kong over the years in you know re-releases in the movie theaters. Mm-hmm. And at this point it was probably also being shown on TV fairly regularly. So I'm thinking that the last time it was released in the theaters it was a big hit in Japan as well as other places. So it was a kind of a big deal to uh get King Kong to fight Godzilla. American critics were not actually happy about this idea, nor were they happy about it being played by a guy in a suit. It turns out, though, that this idea was originally Willis O'Brien's idea for King Kong to fight Frankenstein, which then I won't go through the whole thing. It's all on the Wikipedia if you want to find out. But he was working with somebody to develop the idea and, you know, it kind of got stuck in development hell. But then that like, guy, like Mary Shelley, like Frankenstein's monster, Frankenstein. Well, yes and no. I believe the idea was going to be that Doctor Frankenstein had built a new creature that was like part elephant and part this and part that. So it wasn't like a six or seven foot tall man. Okay, but it was a yeah. new, a new giant Frankenstein monster made out of various. Big and large animal parts. I believe that was his original idea, and then that sort of that sort of fell through. But then somebody pitched it to somebody else, and someone else bought the rights, and it went through a couple of stages until finally somebody's like, "Okay, but what if we make a Godzilla instead?" And by this time, Willis O'Brien had been left behind and cut out of the process. But the American critics, who were just all appalled that. Japan had taken King Kong and turned him into a guy in a suit, didn't realize that the whole thing had started as the original co-creator of Kong, uh, as his idea. It just, yeah, just went through so many different hands that it turned into something very, very different. But we will get into some Frankenstein kaiju coming up later. Interesting. Anyway. Yeah, so Kong, like, comes in, he, like, throws a fit breaks some yes. shit, throws octopus around, beats his chest, you know, King breaks the Kong jars, And the octopus ends up on his head at one point. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then Kong drinks the, I said drinks paint. The juice that they make looks like red paint. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe it was. It's a very thick juice. Yeah, he takes a drink and then he's like, damn, this is good. And then he just like shoots all of it like. Shot, 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 shot. <laughs> just freaks all of it. Yeah, and then he, it's sleepy time for Kong, and the natives play a lullaby and do a dance. And, and here's where I actually wrote down, Mom looks good in spite of wig and makeup, because she's kind of leading the dance, I think. Yeah, the sacrificial girls come out and shake their little sacrificial titties at Kong. <laughs> then the guys say, let's build a raft to take Kong. Yeah. And then skip to a stage. Like, what the hell? This was, I'm like, a raft? You mean a fucking ark? 
I wrote down, why do the natives allow this or help them to do it? Uh, yeah, I I didn't think that they did, but maybe they did. They would have had to have. Yeah, exactly. Those two guys couldn't have built this thing by themselves. Because mm-hmm. the Kong is supposed to be their god. And we just saw him protect them from Save another them. monster. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, now he's drugged and we're going to put him on a fucking boat and send him off. And then in Japan, Mr. Taco is happy because Kong has all the headlines now. And he's going to meet the boat by helicopter. And he goes to change clothes. (laughs) The accountant lady, who we've seen earlier in some of these office scenes, wonders who is stronger. And the other assistant says, it's not a wrestling match, but that's exactly what it's going to be. (laughs) Taco enters in his explorer's outfit, and he likes the idea. And then says the title of the movie. Dun, dun, dun. And when we cut to the boat dragging the raft, and this is the first time we've seen this, but we will see it again and again. In the original King Kong, they don't actually show us how they got Kong from the island to New York. But this is the method that will be used over and over again throughout the years. Yeah. Build a raft and drag him behind the boat. Although I think in the most recent one, they just tied him to the deck of a rather large boat. <laughs> what I thought was funny was like when they said, we, we're going to build a raft. And the other guy's like, a raft? Like, what are you talking about? And I'm thinking, a raft? What the hell? How the fuck are they going to carry it? And then it's like the next scene. He's just on the raft. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. They're not going to explain it, show it, <laughs> nothing. We're just here now. Right. The raft. It was it right. went from idea to now we are on the raft. Got it. The magic of the yeah. theater. <laughs> Taco is lowered onto the deck from a helicopter and uh, congratulates them. I think his plan is to show up when the ship comes into harbor in his explorer's outfit and act like he's been there the whole time. Uh-huh. You know, po- pose for all the cameras and stuff. And, oh, and yeah. Act like he's he was the big explorer. And then he almost blows up the raft by mistake. <laughs> They've got the raft. They have the raft rigged with dynamite, I guess, just in case Kong starts to wake up and tries to kill them all. They have the raft uh-huh. rigged with dynamite and a and a wire going from the raft to the ship that's attached to one of those dynamite plungers you see in all the cartoons. And for some reason, the plunger is in the up position, which is not... <laughs> it shouldn't be there until you're ready to blow it up. It should be down, uh-huh. and then you, you pull it up and you push it down. And I think what happens when you do that is it it creates a little electrical current, which then goes through the wires and and detonates the the dynamite. But for some reason, they have it already in the up position. And Taco does some comedy shit where he almost falls on it. And then they're all like, and then in in a little bit goes ahead and falls on it anyway. But they've done something wrong and it doesn't blow up. Yeah. They have not hooked it up properly. Yeah. If they talk about how they'll get to Japan tomorrow and wake up Kong and then another ship approaches. And then we cut to Fumi's friend, Tammy, who enters the apartment with a newspaper story about a missing ship, which is uh, the a Danish ship and the survivors. And possibly Godzilla sank it. So... They want to go to the spot where it was last seen. She decides this was her boyfriend's ship, although I, I seem to have written down a different name here, so I don't know. But she's going to try to go find her boyfriend. 
because mm -hmm. she has the skills to do this, I guess. <laughs> it just seems weird because nobody else's family, that ship's full of people who have wives and girlfriends and children and relatives, and they don't all go running out into the middle of nowhere to just try to find the ship themselves. <laughs> but she's going to try to go to wherever it was seen last. Back on the other ship, the Navy has boarded to inform Taco that he is considered to have smuggled Kong because he doesn't have the right paperwork for that. And he didn't follow procedures. And that he's a security threat. Yeah. He didn't follow procedures and will be responsible for any destruction Kong causes. And Taco faints because apparently he did not think about <laughs> any of this up until this moment. Nope, he just wanted those headlines, baby. <laughs> At uh, the apartments, the boyfriend comes by. He's not dead. And he startles Tammy because she thought he was dead. And she tells him that Fumi went to Hakido, Hakido to look for you. Mm -hmm. And then a neighbor and a child are leaving. They're evacuating before Gojira arrives. And then he asks her uh, what, what train Fumi is on. And he's going to try to catch her. So this is all just really happening just so Fumiko will be in jeopardy because she's going to go to where Godzilla is going to tear shit up. Mm -hmm. We cut to the train and Fujita is in a Jeep trying to head off the train or catch up with it or something. And at headquarters, Gojira has been spotted 50 kilometers south. I will say in this this little toy train, we see, we've seen a lot of toy trains at this uh -huh. point in our movie watching careers <laughs> and this toy train has little tiny silhouette yep, people yep. in it i was like oh good job <laughs> yeah, little little paper cutouts and very cute <laughs> yeah nicely done that was a good little add-in for my little toy love my love for toys godzilla's been spotted 50 kilometers south of sendai and then we see a shot of godzilla near the road and the, the commander says it can't act until they hear from the prime minister but contact military sh what contact military school to send observers what i don't know i don't know what i'm talking about is that in reference to godzilla or kong i do not know the next thing i have is here comes gojira train stops yeah. and then the captain of the train lets everyone know that uh the captain of the train what it conductor mm -hmm. Let's everyone know that uh, he's coming and panic yeah. and chaos. Well, he says, don't panic. And they all immediately panic. <laughs> <laughs> and then when they're getting off, I was thinking, damn, how many people are on that train? Yeah. It's quite a few people. They all run from the train to buses. And the buses are full and leave without Famico. So, of course, the one person who has somebody looking for her gets left behind. Fujita is stopped at a roadblock, and when he hears that some people are still back there, just immediately assumes that one of them must be the person I'm looking for, so he drives right through the roadblock. Yeah, and this little dork, she's just ends up somehow at the river and then just is splashing around in a circle like a <laughs> dipshit and like this in a circle, just forget what are you doing? <laughs> just throws herself on a rock and then <laughs> Kazuzo or what? How is what is his name? Kazu, Kazuzo. Uh, 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 yes, 
Kazuo Fujita. Kazuo, yeah. Kazuo finds her somehow yes. flailing around in the water <laughs> like a fish. Yeah. Uh, Godzilla <laughs> wrecks the train, passing people, tell him that a, a girl's still back there. <laughs> so he, he finds her in the river. Uh, and Godzilla's moving very slowly. <laughs> so they hide, they get in the Jeep and they kind of hide, like turn off the headlights, and pull over and turn off the headlights. And Godzilla passes by without stomping on them. And then Kazuo is a little upset with her. Because he's like, what? how did you think you were going to help me by coming out here? <laughs> and I mean, they're both they're both a little upset and a little relieved that they're not dead. <laughs> At HQ, they discuss options. A million volt shock. In the U.S. version, they discuss nukes as an option. But as we know, in the Japanese movies, the nukes are never an option. If anybody brings it up, it, it will immediately be, be dismissed. Yeah, someone even in this movie says, consider using the hydrogen bomb, and they're like, nope. 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 That's how we got here to begin with. <laughs> yep. So maybe uh, the million volts will work. They do some map work. Godzilla is in Natsuki area. And then a message Kong comes in. A message comes in that King Kong is awake. At the raft, we see Kong waking up. He's confused and pissed. Yep. <laughs> He's causing waves and... Taco does Taco does some umbrella shtick because of all the water that's being splashed up, and <laughs> they say to cut the lines and blow the raft, and they argue about it. And here's where he accidentally pushes down the plunger, and nothing happens. And so then the guy, the two guys grab guns and start trying to shoot the dynamite to make it go off. And then completely... eventually they hit some of it, and boom! But Kong's not dead. He rises up and roars. Maybe here we should mention that Kong kind of looks like shit. Yeah, he he really does. The Godzilla suit's very good. The Kong suit is not very good. I read somewhere that although they got the rights to use Kong, they did not have the rights to use Willis O'Brien's design. So his face looks very different. And his arms are like... His arms are too long. Very long. They're trying to give him some sort of gorilla look, but they've just done it by making his arms too long yeah and so yeah he looks he looks very derpy so that could be one of the reasons why the american critics were not happy but then we cut to some big machines digging a hole the army's going to try to god uh, drive godzilla into a pit and then phase two will be set off explosives and bury him under tons of earth then a message comes in that Kong has landed, an evacuation is ordered, and then Kong stomps on a bunch of toys. Yeah, he's just running around. And someone says here that he was sensing Godzilla and going towards him. Yeah, which we get that idea decades later in the most recent version. Right. That these alpha titans can sense each other and you can't have more than one of them or they'll that can fight. be only one. <laughs> but the radio reports that he's rampaging through several towns. We But we must make it clear that King Kong is a real animal, whereas Godzilla is a monster born from radiation. So I guess they're just prejudiced against mutants. <laughs> yeah, fuck them. Team Gojira. <laughs> and then a car drives. Here we a car drives through the army checkpoint and it's the whole pacific pharma team and taco says that king kong is our sponsor but i think there's gotta be a <laughs> translation issue because it's the other way around we're we're king kong's sponsor 
right? Yeah. But anyway, he's he's trying to claim some sort of ownership of Kong, uh, which is a mistake because you're going to be held liable. But they've already made it clear he's going to be held liable. So I guess he thinks as long as I'm on the hook for it, I should have some control. Godzilla approaches the army, catches the pharmaceutical company crew hiding in the grass, <laughs> sort of. And they have uh, a camera and they're ordered to get back. And we see Godzilla and Kong heading towards each other, and the pharma guys find a good place to watch. Round one. Fight! They find a good place to watch <laughs> and film and speculate on who will win, and then the monsters both do an intimidation display. Godzilla has the high ground. Yeah, he does. Shows off his atomic breath by taking out a helicopter. <laughs> Kong throws some rocks. Godzilla blasts Kong. Kong retreats. Godzilla makes some weird clicking sound when he does this thing where he kind of flaps, kind of flexes his arms and makes this weird clicking when he does it. And nobody Uh mentions it or explains it. I don't know what is happening, but it's a thing he does. Later, the army at the power station is trying to set up a million volts to presumably take out Godzilla. And the reporters Mm -hmm. question Dr. Segazawa why Kong and Godzilla hate each other. And he says, I don't know. (laughs) and i don't know if king kong will win which is the mark of a good scientist because it's sometimes it's okay in science to just say i don't know i don't know you don't have to make shit up you don't have to pull wild theories out of your ass (laughs) you can just say i don't have enough data to make a proper hypothesis at this point i don't know (laughs) yeah don't misuse science there you go then they're making a giant pit trap, and they're going to fill it with gasoline. And then a gold jar. At night, Godzilla's approaching the trap, and they light up the gas, and they use fire. Oh, so they, they, make a tra- they both make a pit trap, and they make a trench full of gas. And they light up the gas to uh-huh. drive him towards the trap. And then he falls in, and they blow it, and the explosives bury Godzilla in the pit. Nope. It doesn't. He climbs out. Nope. Operation Burial was a huge, fat <laughs> fail. Yep. Uh, headquarters calls, gets the call that the trap worked, but it didn't. And also that Kong is rampaging through Tokyo. And there's evacuations. And in the apartment, Fujita and Fumiko and Sakurai argue about whether or not they should evacuate. And the PA announces that... Oh, we... Oh, go ahead. Oh, the PA announces that... Godzilla's moving towards Tokyo. Yes, and we get a little power line action. Yes. The army's ready to get Godzilla with the power lines, and Godzilla gets a shock, but then avoids the wires. And some general is enthusiastic, but Shigesawa is skeptical. And then a soldier yells out that yeah. King Kong is approaching Matsuto. And then Kong just fucking straight flosses his teeth with that power <laughs> yeah. line. So he gives no shit. In in their original forms, King Kong is absolutely no match for Godzilla. Yeah, absolutely. They not. had to do something. They had to increase Kong's size to begin with for them to even have a fight. And then mm-hmm. they've added this element that we're about to see here that electricity has an adverse effect on Godzilla, but it powers up Kong. Yeah. Which is such bullshit. And I just want to say it's stupid. And we get a similar thing. But they they did, they did have to do something. We get, we get some similar shit in Godzilla versus Kong years later. 
Uh-huh. Yeah. The pharma crew and a bunch of randos watch Kong approach and argue about who will win or if electricity will work on Kong. Here's where I noticed that the subtitles on YouTube and on my Blu-ray are different. Oh. Yeah, for some reason, the Japanese version of this movie is on YouTube. And uh-huh. it has, as of a week ago, had not been taken down. Nice. So if you don't have the rather expensive Blu-ray, you can probably watch it on YouTube. But the translation's slightly different. Yeah. <laughs> Funny. The Commandant and Dr. Sigazawa arrive at Kong's location, and Kong bites the wires and likes it. And likes it! And at first I was wondering, is this some script element left over from the Frankenstein version? Except it wasn't Godzilla versus Frankenstein, it was Kong versus Frankenstein. So why would the electricity be... Maybe in that version the electricity was going to power up the, the Frankenstein creature, but... I don't know. But they just kept, kept it. Kept and switched it to Kong? I don't know. Yeah. That's stupid. The reporter asks uh, asks about this, and Dr. Suragawa pulls out another one of these anecdotes out of his butt about some Swedish postman who got electrocuted and lived <laughs> or hit by lightning and lived or something. I don't remember. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Kong roars, people running, getting on the train, and Fumi and Fujita are separated. Uh, so yeah, one of them get uh, Fumi gets on the train and the doors shut before Fujita can get on. Yes, we get another toy train <laughs> moment, and it's also so great. They did such a good job with this train moment as well. Kong is in the city, punches buildings, and grabs a train, and <laughs> then does what Kong does: picks up Fumiko, and he picks up a lady, picks her up out of the train. And uh, walks through tracks, train tracks, I guess. Are they elevated train tracks? That must be it. He walks through some elevated train tracks, I think. Which one of the trains he wrecks in the original is an elevated train, I believe. Tanks roll in and spotlights and the army's ready to open fire. But Sakura... Except he has Fumiko in his hand. Sakura and Fure come in and he's like, stop, he has my sister... She's in his hand. How do we save her? And then Kong climbs up a building, but it's a relatively short <laughs> building. He just sort of kind of steps up onto it. It's not like the Empire State Building where he has to scale the building. He just sort of hops up onto it. And yeah. Fujita freaks out. He's <laughs> he's ready to like take on Kong himself hand to hand. But the way he's the yeah. way he's gesturing at Kong, he's yelling at Kong, and the way he's moving his arms reminds Sakura of the Faroe Island natives of the gestures they made, and he has a plan. He's like, "Oh yeah, the syrup and the right. lullaby." He asks the army guys if they have ether bombs, because that's a thing the army just has, I guess. They don't, but Taco suggests they use the red fruit extract from Doctor Makioka, the guy from earlier, and put it into bombs. Which apparently the doctor brought enough of this stuff back from the island and they have time to put it into a gas form and make it into, put it in bombs. <laughs> he sends the assistant guy from earlier to go get it. And he seems more concerned about not killing Kong than saving the woman. Mr. Taco does. Fumiko mm-hmm. passes out. Out of sheer fear. They set up some drums and some speakers. And here's where Chekhov's drums pay off. <laughs> Because 
Sakurai is going to play the drums. But they also apparently at some point made a recording of the Faroe Island natives singing, in which case they shouldn't actually need to play the drums too, because the drums should also be on that recording. But they set up some speakers and they start drumming and playing the lullaby that they sang to Kong earlier back on the island. And they fire these sleep bombs that they somehow have had time to assemble. And Kong breathes it in and the whole ridiculous plan works. <laughs> he sits Yeah. No one else can sleep here, breathes it in yeah. or anything, but whatever. He sits down on the building and Fujita grabs Fumiko <laughs> and everybody can Who is a little who is actually a Barbie doll yes. at this point. The editing room so yeah. bad right yeah. there they all have a brief conference and decide to make the monsters fight again because at this point they've headed off in different directions round two kong will be a match now because of the electricity and hopefully they'll destroy each other sakura has a plan and here we have Chekhov's super thread because the the super fiber that we established earlier is now going to be used to airlift kong they're going to use the super rope and some balloons to lift Kong into the air. Yeah, but with balloons, so it looks like it's his birthday. This is one part of the movie that I remember from watching it as a kid. A lot of the details I did not remember, but I always remembered this lifting Kong up by balloons. Yeah, it's hard not to. Yeah. I'm sure, especially when you're a kid. Yeah. Also, there's this music here. Uh -huh. And I, I can't remember, I don't know what this music is called, but it's a very famous piece of music, but it goes something like, like, dun, 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 Oh, yeah. That would be in the American version, though, right? Is it in the Japanese version? It's not in the Japanese version, but it is, the piece of music that is right here is so similar. The piece you're thinking of is in the Hall of the Mountain King from Pure Gint. That keeps building and building. Dun, 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 yeah, and then it's like, wah, 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 wah. yeah, yeah, that's that that's in yeah. the hall in the hall of the mountain king, and yeah, it's been used in a lot of a lot of movies. Yeah, oh, it's so intense. <laughs> Anyways, yes, we get a very bad effect of the men climbing on Kong and hooking up the ropes and everything, and the helicopters pull Kong along. They lift him with balloons, but then they propel him forward by dragging him behind helicopters. And take him to Mount Fuji, where Godzilla is already, I guess, or is heading towards. In the morning, they're almost yeah. there, but Kong starts to wake up and starts struggling when he sees Godzilla. So the copters cut the wires and drop Kong, and he slides down the mountain and slides straight into Godzilla. <laughs> then, yeah, they bowl him yeah. right into Godzilla. And he gets up. Let's go, round two. Kong steps on a few buildings and then runs and hides and grabs godzilla's tail and then godzilla knocks yeah, him off strategy. and Kong throws some rocks and strategy. godzilla tail smacks him on the back so what's the deal here is why is kong like immune to godzilla's fire breath i don't understand is it the electricity bullshit apparently the electricity supercharged him so much that he's now immune to the atomic breath this is that's bullshit. It is bullshit. This pisses me off. He seems, uh, and he seems surprised at first. He's like, oh no, I'm getting burned. Oh, I'm okay. <laughs> yeah, then he like looks at himself. He's like, oh, I'm, I'm not getting burned. Yeah. What? Get out of here. <laughs> so they do some wrestling and the, what, uh, there's a guy in the copter filming. Kong is winning, but trips and hits his head. Yeah, he knocks himself out. Yeah. 
And Godzilla starts kind of burying him and tail slapping him and doing his clicking flexing thing. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Say it again. He's tail slapping him. He's tail slapping him. <laughs> He's doing a combination of burying him and tail slapping him and also doing his his flexing clicking. <laughs> That's so funny. Oh, I love it so much. Kong gets up and Godzilla headbutts him and then jump kicks him. And Kong's down again. Yeah, but when he gets up, it's the editing here is so bad. He just like gets up and all of a sudden is in front of him. And it doesn't even show how that happens. Right. It's just a horrible edit. And you're thinking Kong is down, he's getting buried, all this shit. And then all of a sudden he's just up and in front of him. Another <laughs> thing that was just stupid and didn't make any fucking right. sense. Oh, I shouldn't mention at this point that professional wrestling was quite popular in Japan at this time. So I think that's part of what is going part part of what is being satirized and referenced here. But because the American version plays it all so straight, this ends up looking more ridiculous in the American version, I think, than it does in the Japanese version. Uh, yeah, I think in the Japanese version it's so good. Like the pace is good. Everything about it is I love it so much. It really like kept my attention. It wasn't too long, even though it really is long, a long monster fight because uh, of the buildup and everything. Yeah. It's it's so good. I, it was everything that I wanted it to be, except for I was a little confused <laughs> at some part, like how it ends. Right. Kong goes down again and Godzilla kicks some more rocks on him and more tail slaps. Yeah. And sets He's like, stay down, you little bitch. Gives him more ass slaps. Sets fire to the trees around him. A pilot spots lightning in the distance and they're they're all like good it will make kong a hundred times stronger i don't know what tests they've done to determine exactly how how much stronger it will make kong but this is another thing that just pissed me off because i'm like bullshit yeah they're like the storm is gonna awaken kong's inner strength and i'm like bullshit that's such bullshit. That's like a, just another yeah. like bullshit <laughs> excuse that they're trying to like give Kong some like level up yeah. to be able to defeat Godzilla. Yeah. Fujita compares it to Popeye's spinach. Mm-hmm. Uh, although I don't know if that's in the light. The lightning hits Kong and he jumps up and shocks Gojira. And he has a he, Kong has an electric punch now. And the forest fire oh, is growing. God. And Kong tries to stuff a tree down Godzilla's throat. And this will be referenced years later in Kong Skull Island when he shoves a tree down somebody's throat. Oh. I believe I believe that's where he does it. He does it to one of the monsters on Kong Skull Island. But Godzilla sets the tree on fire and Kong's fur starts smoking. And then Kong flips Godzilla and they step on a bunch of more buildings. And we cut to cars on the road, and the soldier stops the cars, and it's uh, Dr. Shiragawa and the government people. The government people! <laughs> Kong and Godzilla's fight is heading towards Atami Spa. I think this must be a famous landmark that we're so, so they've made a mo- uh-huh. they've made a model of a famous building because they like to do that in these movies. Wreck something that we recognize. Guys in the copter are still watching and filming, and on the ground everybody's watching. G tail trips Kong and more fighting, more fire, and they both tear up the famous pagoda and they both fall off a cliff into the ocean. And there's an earthquake, and it's not clear if this is a coincidence or if it's caused by them falling. Yeah. And then one of the monsters is swimming away, but which it's Kong. I don't know. How do we know it's Kong? What? 
And the helicopter follows and calls for instructions. So I guess the helicopter can see which one it is. And Dr. Siragawa says, let him go. He misses home. Which, yeah, he... <laughs> you guys dragged him from his home to begin with. So yeah, don't kill the monster. Just let him go home. But Taco is sad because he's lost his publicity stunt. But I'm like, wait, does this mean that Kong won? Uh, I guess that's the idea we're going with. Somebody asks, is Godzilla <sighs> alive? But no one answers. Right. And Dr. Surigawa says, we must learn from them how to adapt ourselves to our surroundings. That's all I can say. Which struck me as a kind of Forrest Gump kind of a line. <laughs> all i have to say about that kong swims away <laughs> but then we hear godzilla roar and then kong roar although in the american version i think they cut the roar we don't hear godzilla roar yeah in the american version then it's making it much more clear that kong won because we don't hear godzilla roar but in this one if godzilla's still alive then it's really just a draw and kong's running away yeah like a little bitch <laughs> Eh, fuck you, Kong. Fuck you, Kong. I mean, look, here's the thing is like, I like King Kong, like, whatever. The story's stupid. I mean, I'm sure it gets better as time goes on, maybe like within the 90s or whatever. I don't know. But all I'm saying is, I'm Team Godzilla 100%. And the things that they do to have to make Kong equal to to be able to fight Godzilla doesn't make any goddamn sense. Yeah. It's stupid. Yeah. Well, it's like when Batman fights Superman. Yeah, that may, yeah, because Batman has a utility. Yeah, well, but if if Batman has the chance to plan ahead and get some fucking kryptonite and relies on the fact that Superman's not going to just straight up kill him, then yeah, sure, Batman has a chance. But we all know that if Superman decided he wanted to kill Batman, then he would kill Batman. <laughs> there's no sure. there's no contest. Yeah, it's only because of shenanigans that Batman's able to win. And yeah, you got to pull out the same kind of shenanigans with Kong. To make him equal. Right. Dang. <laughs> so, I mean, I was like a little, I was so pumped for this movie and so ready. And then I had no doubt in my mind. I'm like, what do you mean? Like, it's Godzilla. Godzilla has to win. And then at the end, I'm like, well, who the fuck won? <laughs> now, remember, at this point in the Godzilla series, Godzilla is still basically a bad guy. He's going to right. become more Which of I, a good I guy really... over time. Over time. I love that he's kind of the bad guy. Yeah, but he he represents nuclear destruction, which of course Japan's not in favor of. And yeah. Kong was also, as I said, more popular at the time. So when you look at it that way, it kind of makes sense that Kong would win, but it's also in the Japanese version a little ambiguous about who actually won. And we will see yeah. a lot of this going forward because they want to be able to keep making more movies. So a lot of these fights kind of come to a draw. Yeah. Or Godzilla gets subdued but not destroyed because we want to be able to see him again. Yeah. I'm really excited to get into like the 90s era because I remember those movies coming out. You know, Godzilla, I think there was a Godzilla in like, what, 92 or something like that? A remake? Are you thinking of the American one? Maybe so. Yeah. Because I just remember like a movie coming out, like a, a Godzilla movie coming out and it being a really big deal to the people around me. The I just 1998. Never gave a shit. 98. Okay. <laughs> the 98 
Godzilla is the American produced one by Roland Emmerich that stars Matthew Broderick and uh, Hank Azaria and Harry Shearer also in it. And it was a big, a, a lot of, it was a big deal. Mm-hmm. It was kind of a, a little bit of a flop. Aww. It made its money. The critics did not care for it. The hardcore Godzilla fans did not like it. Had there been Twitter, Aww. there would have been a lot of hashtag not my Godzilla. But <laughs> it was a big deal at the time. It was everywhere. They promoted the shit out of it. And then oh it was shortly after that, kind of in response to that movie, that Toho started making more Godzilla movies of their own, starting with Godzilla 2000, which actually came out in 99, I think. So it was a year later. Hell yeah. Yes. Godzilla 2000 came out in 1999, and it's the start of the Millennium series. So there's three, well, now maybe four distinct eras in Godzilla films. Have we discussed this at all? A little bit. Like the Showa era and the Heisei era? Very, very little. These these eras are named after... It's similar to how uh, in the English world we have like the Elizabethan era and the Victorian era. Right. And, that, and Edwardian yeah. era. These eras are named for whoever was emperor at the time. And coincidentally, the Godzilla films have a, a clear break in that the first batch is during the Showa era. And then uh-huh. the return of Godzilla in 1984 is in the Heisei era, and it is a reboot of Godzilla. It, it's, a, I believe, a sequel to the original, but it ignores all the other ones in between. Damn. And they did an American version with Raymond Burr in it. Aww. From 84 to 95, we get those. And then from 99 to 2004, we get what's called the Millennium Era because it starts with Godzilla 2000. And again, Godzilla 2000 is a direct sequel to Godzilla and ignores everything that came before. And then they keep doing they keep doing that. Godzilla versus Megaguirus exor- ignores Godzilla Weird. 2000. Godzilla, Mothra, King Ghidra, giant monsters all out attack ignores all the previous movies. Uh, so they do that for a while, and then we get the Rewa era, which is 2016 to now, which includes Shin Godzilla and then some cartoon Godzillas, and then of course we have the the uh, three American movies. 2014, 19, and 21. We did it. So we are uh, still very close to the beginning of the Showa era right now. Heck yeah. It seems like more, but this is only the third Godzilla movie. Because we've had all these other ones that are Toho movies but aren't Godzilla. Rodan and and Mothra and Varen and all of that. But starting with the next one, all of that's going to get rolled in to Godzilla. Yay! So, uh, Honeybee, what is your rating for this movie? I am going to give it a four. Yeah. I'm going to say four. I'm going to give it a four, too. Part of that is is nostalgia because this, I'm not certain, but this might have been the first one I saw. Little baby D. <laughs> it's the first one I clearly remember seeing. Yeah. I do remember seeing a commercial, a, a, tra- a trailer. I remember being at the drive and seeing something else and there being a trailer for Godzilla versus Megalon. And I wanted to see it, but did not didn't see it till for years later. That would have been in like 1973. Uh, but yeah, yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to give it a four. I, I enjoyed it. I enjoy the Japanese version much, much more for sure. 
from here on out, it's going to be Godzilla versus somebody else. Well, and then Godzilla raids again. He fights Anguirus, but the whole point of this movie is him fighting somebody else. And that's kind of going to kind of be the situation going forward. Yeah. Next week, we will be discussing Atragon. Tune in next week. Which is available to watch free with ads on Vudu. It is also a Toho movie directed by Honda. And it's a little bit different. Uh, oh, it's a lot of big events. <laughs> I'm glad I went in <laughs> But we'll get to all of that next week. So until then, remember to keep calm and take shelter in basements. Don't misuse science. We won't see you, but you will hear us next time on Monster Movie Fun Time Go. You've been listening to Monster Movie Fun Time Go. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and review us on your podcasting platform of choice. Our theme song is by the Texacato Folk Rock Punk featuring Lita Lopez. You can support the show, find links to our social media, and even leave us a voice message at anchor.fm slash mnftg. What are my catchphrases? <laughs> so, so... Tilton! What are my catchphrases? So, so until then... So... <laughs> Line. <laughs> so, <laughs> wait, stop! I gotta do it again.